0: Good morning, welcome back to Living with Emuna, our weekly study of topics of Emuna, but really to reinforce what we know, what we believe, what we feel that there's a creator, that Hashem is involved in our lives, invested in our lives, that nothing is random and chance, that He loves us and we love Him. I want to thank our generous Emuna Shri sponsors for the year, Dr. Zavi and Bella Morgan, in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbot, and in memory of uh, Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Chanzer, thank you so much for your generosity, thank you for your sponsorship this morning's Amuna Emunashir as well is sponsored by Adina Lempel in the honor of her wedding. Huge Mazel Tov to Adina getting married tonight to a good friend, Yudi Gross, an amazing guy. We're looking forward to welcoming them to Boca Raton as a married couple and to building their beautiful Bayez B. Israel. She dedicates today's shir to her chasen, Yehuda Zalman and Menchaia Feiga, partner in living with Amuna, and to her parents. Esther Pinibas Pesel Braindel, and Menachem Benyamin Ben Devora always been and continue to be role models of living with Emuna. What a beautiful way to mark a simcha and a wedding to sponsor Ashir and Amuna in gratitude and in hope for the home they're going to build. So big milestone to Adina and to Yuri. Very excited to celebrate together with you. Also today, she was sponsored by our dear friend, Linda Gordon, in commemoration of the second year sight of her beloved husband, Harvey. Harvey was a wonderful person who lives with Amuna. Linda is a role model of living with faith. Linda, we love you and uh, thank you for your sponsorship this morning. And lastly, this morning, she was sponsored by Hensha Gonsberg. In honor and with gratitude, to Hashem for finally making Aliyah. Hensha is amazing and mazel tov on your Aliyah. Everything should go smooth, everything should go well, should be in good health and safety. We're so excited for you. We can't wait to visit with you in the land of Israel. If you'd like to sponsor a future shear, brsonline.org slash sponsor, brsonline.org slash sponsor made it easy and convenient for you in one easy place. Okay, back to Rebbe Shemeyer Morgenstern, Bayam Derechacha. We have been studying the topic of Bittl. We've been studying the topic of what does it mean to be mevatel ourselves, to nullify ourselves, to absorb ourselves into God. Not to neglect ourselves to the point of neglect, not harm, not to allow others to stomp on us, but it means to not think that we're the center of the universe. The world doesn't revolve around us. God is the center of the universe, God is the source of the universe, and therefore our lives are dedicated and devoted to His service. Included in His service is taking care of ourselves. God wants us to have pleasure, to have joy, to have meaning, to have happiness, to have purpose. It's not that Hashem doesn't want us to feel and to experience all of that, but we experience all of that in the context of serving Him and living a life of service to Him based on what He wants for us. So there are four, says Chaim Jemaier, there are four Madregas of Bittel. There are four levels of what it means to nullify ourselves. And we began so far with the first two. The first was Bittel of Kabbalah's ol. The first was the Madrega, to recognize there's an omnipotent, infinite creator of the universe. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and we submit, we surrender to him. So I have an existence independent of him. There's me, there's I, and then there's him, there's God. I have an awareness that between the two of us, he's in charge. That I work for him, he doesn't work for me. That's the first level of bitl, of submission and surrender, in the context of Kabbalah. all, that I accept the yoke of heaven. I recognize that I submit to Him, that I work for Him, He doesn't work for me. That's intellectual. It's rational. I have a Yomiyun, I have a day dedicated to study, to think about, to evaluate the evidence. Does God exist? Is there proof? Is there evidence? I read books, I evaluate, I question, and I come to the intellectual, cognitive conclusion. There is a God, and I answer to Him, but it remains upstairs, it remains intellectual. The second is B'Tol bemidos. The second category we saw last week is the idea that not only do I recognize and see God intellectually, not only am I aware cognitively, the first cause argument, the idea that when disorder goes to order, there's a designer, the design argument, all the arguments and all the evidence for God's existence, not only I know it intellectually, it's not only I know it cognitively, but rather it's that I experience it. I'm in a relationship. It is a dynamic, loving relationship. I'm engaged in, I'm part of an actual relationship. And a relationship needs nurturing. A relationship needs love. A relationship needs commitment. I read an article this week, you can find it on uh, Rabbi F. Goldberg.org. The title of the article is, If you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. And that's based on this week's parasha, Aposach. It says, Look to the place that God has designated. Seek out His presence and get there. No coordinates. There's no address. You can't plug it in the GPS. It's mysterious. The Almighty Hashem by design leaves mysterious where He can be found. Why did He do it that way? Why didn't He tell us? Pasuk seems to be talking about the Beis HaMikdash. So why didn't he tell us where the Temple is? Why didn't he tell us where the Beis HaMikdash is so we know where to go? We take for granted today, we all know Harabai, is the Temple Mount, is the holiest place on earth. We know that the Beis HaMikdash is the holiest spot on earth. We know that all we have left of it is the Kotel Maravi. It's for us right now the closest, holiest place on earth. But the Jewish people traveling through the desert who had not yet been to Harabais, who would not yet built a Beis HaMikdash, and God says there's going to be a capital, it's going to be a center of holiness. But He doesn't give the coordinates, He doesn't give the address, He leaves it mysterious. And the question is, why? Why didn't He? So the Chizkuni gives one answer, the Chizkuni says, because before the Beis HaMikdash, before the permanent place of Hashem's intense dwelling, there was a temporary one. It was called the Mishkan, and the Mishkan moved around, the Mishkan was movable, and therefore the Torah couldn't give us coordinates. There was no address, because for 369 years, the Mishkan was mobile, it moved around. But the Ramban disagrees, and the Ramban says that the adverb there is referring to the Hamikdash, not the Mishkan. So why didn't God give us the coordinates? Why didn't he give us the address? And says the Ramban, the answer, listen carefully. The Ramban says, Hashem wants us to seek it out, to calibrate our compass towards holiness to go on a journey of inquiry and discovery and to go find it. So He doesn't give us a specific location. Hashem wants us to intuit the location. He wants us to extend our holiness antenna. He wants us to turn on our holiness radar and to find it, to intuit, to search, to yearn, to look for holiness. He doesn't hand it to us on a silver platter. He doesn't give us the address and coordinates. He wants us to go and find it. And the Ramban says that word shama. In fact, may not even be talking about a geographical location. It's modifying the word to feel Hashem's presence. God is our neighbor. He's local. He's accessible. He cares. There's a relationship. The Torah says, Tidrushu, if you want to feel Hashem in your life, seek Him. Look for Him. Reveal Him. Connect with Him. You have to go find Him. He doesn't find you. You've got to go find Him. Go look for Him. Uncle Moshe is wrong. God is not here, there, and everywhere, but the Kotz was right. Where can Hashem be found? Wherever you let Him in. We have to let Him in. We search, we go, we look. I have a lot more, you can look at the article, I quote, more fascinating, insightful, divrei Torah of others, what it means to intuit, what it means to have a holiness compass, what it means to go look, Uvas Hashemah, to search, to be yearning, to go look, to search, to submit, to surrender, to be in a relationship to be in a genuine relationship. This Shabbos, we're going to bench Rosh Chodesh Elul. We're about to bless the new month of Elul. And we're beginning this heightened, high-intensity time of the year where we're working hard on that relationship with God. But the acronym Elul stands for many things. Ish l'rei'o matanos la'avyonim stands for many things. But one of them, Elul stands for famously, I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. Elul is a reminder. We're in a relationship. It's not just a list of to-dos and don't-dos, it's not just dry law, it is not a burden, but rather it's a relationship, it is an enriching, beautiful relationship. And relationships require nurturing, they require time, they require communication, relationships require us to be curious and to learn about one another. What Dr. John Gottman, the great relationship expert and guru says is drawing love maps, Curiosity, asking questions, being on a journey of discovery, looking—just like a healthy marriage and just like any healthy relationship—requires drawing love maps, being inquisitive, and engaging in discovery and looking to learn about the other. That's what creates the romance, the electricity, the love. So too in our relationship with Hashem, you have to ask the questions, you have to look, you have to go. So I end the article by telling the story. I went to see this fair, several years ago. I enjoy meeting with the Shkveh Rebbe for his insight, his advice, his brachas. And he asked me a series of questions about the community. And he said, at the end, he said, Rabbi Goldberg, I have one more question. And I was curious, what would it be? What was his last question? But the Kashra standards, the Erev, how many shiurim we have, the Mikvah, how many schools we have. He had one more question. He said, are there mavakshim in Boca Raton? Mavakshim, Are there searchers? Are there seekers? Are there those looking to grow? Are there people on a journey to find Hashem in our community? Proudly, I was able to tell him, yes, partly because of the attendees of our amazing shir together living with Emunah, but there are mevaksim. And that's the question for ourselves. Are we a mevakesh? Are we searching? So that was the second type of bitol Revit spoke about. Not just an intellectual cognitive bitol, not just evidence for God's existence. I accept all the arguments. I accept all the evidence. I've come to the conclusion intellectually, there is a God but it means to be emotionally invested in a relationship, to feel his presence, to turn to him, to love him, to rely on him, to lean on him, to feel his love, to feel his support, to have to meet his expectations, to want to give him nachas, to be in a relationship that includes Ava and Yira and Tveikos, love and awe and a desire to cling to him. I got a great email this week. And as always, I invite you to share your emuna stories with me, how emuna has helped guide your life and given you strength. So someone I know, This is not one of my children, this is not a member of my family, but somebody I know wrote to me. She's in school, she's away from her family. And she said last year was a very uh, anxious year. She struggled with anxiety. There was a lot going on, obviously corona and others, uh, other significant uh, variables. And it was a tough year, she struggled with anxiety. And once during the middle of the year, she had a terrible stomach virus and she was up in the middle of the night, she was in pain, she was uncomfortable, she was anxious. And all she wanted more than anything else was her mother. She longed for her mother, who doesn't want to snuggle with their mother, who doesn't want to crawl into their mother's bed, who doesn't want the love, the support, the comfort, the pampering, the nursing back to health from their own mother. All she wanted was her mother, but her mother was far away. So she felt all alone and her anxiety was heightened. She said to me, but I've been listening to the Living with Emunashir. I've been working on attaching myself, connecting, feeling God's presence. And all of a sudden it occurred to me in the middle of the night, just when I was crying, just when I was calling out and I wanted my mother, I remembered that I had my father. I remembered that Avinu Shiba Shemaim, that my father was right there, that I wasn't in fact alone and I wasn't in fact on my own, but that Hashem, that God was right there with me. That even when physically we're far from our biological parents, our third senior parent, our Father in Heaven, is always with us wherever we are and whatever we're going through. And as soon as she realized that and she embraced that and she leaned into that, her anxiety calmed down. She felt comfortable. She felt confident. She was no longer afraid. Our Father is with us wherever and whenever, not just intellectually and cognitively, but emotionally, in our heart and in our soul. We take Him everywhere. It's interesting, Today's DAF. In the Daf Yomini, Gemara, Sukkah, Daf Chav ches, today's Daf talks about what is the definition of a katan, who is the minor, who is the minor who's not yet the age of education, of Chinuch, who's exempt from Sukkah, and who is the katan who's obligated in Sukkah. So the Gemara first suggests, maybe the one who wakes up in the middle of the night and calls their mother is a minor. And if you wake up and don't call your mother, then you are mature, you're an adult. But then the Gemara says, but what do you mean? even a guddle, even an adult, wakes up in the middle of the night and calls out to their mother. And the Gemara concludes, uh, the child calls out mother, mother twice, and the adult may instinctively call out mother, but then they gather themselves and they're able to move on from there. So it was amazing. The story the person shared with me, the timing, nothing is coincidental, exactly when the Gemara confirms for us that we know even adults instinctively call out to their mother, but we can collectively all call out to our father, whether we have biological parents or we've lost our biological parents, God forbid. Whether we're in proximity to our biological parent or far away from our biological parent, we all have Avinushba Shamayim. We all have our Father in heaven whom we can call out to whenever whenever we need him. So we continue now with the third level. The third level is Bittle Hayesh. Bittle Hayesh. Hamadrega hashlishes, Himadrega Gavoa. This is a high level. This is a level we strive for. It's an ambitious level. It means not only do I exist and he exists and I realize I work for him, that's level number one. Level number two is I exist and he exists and I want a relationship. I love him, I'm in awe of him. I want to cling to him, I want to stick with him. Level number three is that he exists And in His presence, it's as if I don't exist at all. Like a student in the presence of their master, of their teacher. Like a little child is in the presence of the greatest of the generation. In that moment, it doesn't matter who you are, how accomplished you are. When you are in the presence of greatness, you're not hungry, you're not tired, you don't have to go to the bathroom, you don't exist. All you feel is the presence. All you feel, all that takes up space is the significance, the greatness, the presence of the other. So the third level of Bittol is to realize that the Omnipotent, Infinite, Almighty, Rebona Abish the Great, Machim Lacham, the Great King of Kings is so great. He takes up all the space. I don't even exist. In that moment, there is no I, there is no me, there is no more. I want, but rather I blend into him. Madrega Gazun Nikrei's Bittol Hayesh, my sense of yeshus. my sense of Yesh, my sense of Anochi, My sense of I, my sense of existence is nullified. I submit and I surrender. I'm in his presence, I'm in the presence of greatness. I'm not the center of the universe. There's no my need, there's no my want, there's no my anger, there's no my envy, there's no my anxiety, there's no my arrogance. There's no me, there's just him and I blend into him, which is not to forfeit myself. We saw several weeks ago in a footnote. That doesn't mean that I am denying myself. It means I am realizing the greatest part of myself Because who am I really, if not an extension of God? So as an extension of God, I am realizing and recognizing the greatest part of who I am by blending into Him. On this third level of B'te Ayesh, we realize that God is primary, God is central, God is everything and I am secondary. I am ancillary. Even though I exist, I'm alive, I feel my pulse, I feel my heartbeat, I feel myself breathing the oxygen in my lungs, I know that I exist, I know He created me, I know I'm here. I may exist, but I'm secondary. I am nothing. Hashem is everything. I am secondary to Him. How is this? How does one accomplish this? By contemplating and by feeling, That Hashem nourishes and He wills everything into existence. He is that if Hashem would cease willing us to exist, we would cease to exist. We only exist because He wills our existence. So yes, I exist. There's Him, there's me. I exist, but I only exist because He wills it. And to be contemplative and thoughtful how I feel at every moment, how fortunate, how blessed, how lucky I am to be here, how people didn't wake up this morning, how people can confront illness, accidents, catastrophes, crises, collapses of buildings, how we could disappear in a moment. So my existence, which I'm aware of and grateful for, I'm aware of, I'm not denying my existence, but I know it comes Hashem flows, His blessing flows, He wills, and that's the only reason I'm here. And therefore on this third level, a person knows and feels Hashem is the center of the circle of my life. He is the center of the universe. And me, my life? Secondary, I'm here to serve Him. What does He want from me today? What does He expect of me today? What mission does He have for me today? I am His shliach. I am His agent. How am I meant to change the world? How am I meant to change my world? For some people, their mission is to get through the day. Some people confront physical, spiritual, emotional, mental challenges. And their mission is to get through the day. To be a good husband, father, to be a good wife, mother, just to be a good human being. That's their mission. Others have a mission to be of service to others. Others have a mission to cure cancer, bring world peace. Others have a mission to sit and learn Torah, to be a model of what it means to dava with kavana. Others have a mission to transform the world with their chesed, with their loving kindness. But it means, I know I exist, But I exist not waking up saying, what are my rights? What are my entitlements? What do I get out of this world? But instead asking, what are my duties? What are my obligations? What am I meant to give to this world? What am I responsible? It's a whole different mentality. It's an entirely different perspective or attitude towards this world and towards life. Not what can I take, but what can I give? Not what am I meant to, what are my entitlements, but what are my obligations? It's not about me. It's not about my want. I'm on a mission for him. Now Hashem says within your mission, rejuvenate. Within your mission, recreate, recreation. Within your your mission, be entertained, relax, enjoy. That's part of our life and our lifestyle, the Torah and Hashem endorse it. But ultimately we do those things not as an end to themselves. We eat, we sleep, we enjoy, we're entertained in order to position us to have the strength we need to continue in our mission, to make a difference in this world. So yes, I exist. And yes, I'm aware of my existence, but I maintain a constant and consistent awareness that my very existence is only because of His graciousness, because of His goodness, because of His generosity. And as quickly as it comes, is as quickly as it could disappear. As quickly as it could disappear. Unfortunately, we know too well. We know too well. Okay, that is the third level. And now we move over to the fourth and final level. The fourth and final level of what it means, Bittel B'Metzias. The fourth and final level of what does it mean to nullify ourselves. The first was intellectually, cognitively. Bittl B'Kabalus Ol. I realized that there is a God. I don't exist on my own. I didn't come into being by chance. There is a God and I serve Him. I worship Him. I work for Him. He doesn't work for me. Level number two was, not only do I know that there is a God intellectually, I know there is a God emotionally, and I'm invested in an emotional relationship. I'm a mavakish. I'm drawing love maps, I'm searching, and I'm yearning, and I'm looking, and I'm curious, and I'm investing, and I'm nurturing, and I'm nourishing, and I want to love, and I want to be filled with awe, and I want to cling to God emotionally. Level three is, b'tal Hayesh. Not only do I know intellectually there's a God, and not only am I in an emotional relationship with God, but I realize that the world is about Him, not me that my life is being of service to him that he dictates what my mission what my charge is in this world and the fourth level is bitl B'Metzias. the fourth and final level is hamadrega haraviasi, madrega this is the completion this is the highest level this is the ultimate aspiration Vinyana kolkach magish es at sheino magish not that i exist but I'm in an intellectual and an emotional relationship with Him. Not only I exist, but His existence is primary, my secondary. I don't even exist. In His presence, I'm nothing. I am simply an extension of Him. I'm a manifestation of Him. I'm an expression. So when we talk about the ultimate, the highest level of Bittu, what does it mean to submit? What does it mean to surrender? What does it mean to go through life and to realize that, yes, I want to enjoy and I want to have fun and I want to accumulate things. I want to have experiences and I want to be enriched by my relationships. But ultimately, I'm doing all of that in a context. I'm doing all of that in the context of there is a God. I have a relationship. He has expectations of me. That is Bittel. That's Bittel. There is such an intense awareness, such an acute awareness that God exists. He is the source of all. The entire universe is an expression, is a unity of his existence. This is such a vibrant, dynamic, living idea with me. Everything is simply His light, including me and my life is all just His light in this world. It's like a prism. One ray of sunshine goes into the prism and it refracts into several colors, into many rays of light that come out. So the rays of light, picture the other rays of light, the colors coming out the other side of the prism. They think that they're independent, diverse colors, but really they are all just an extension. They're all expressions, they're all manifestations, they're reflections of the one ray of light that came into the prison. So we too, we look like we are diverse manifestations of God in this world. We look like we are each our own personality, each our own life, each our own lifestyle. However, we are just an extension of that original ray of light that comes in. So when we realize that, we say, I'm, I'm not an independent color of light coming out the prism, Even though when I look to my right and my left, it looks like there are other independent, separate, distinct, colors coming out, I realize all of us are really united and that we are an extension of the one ray of light coming in. Everything is His light. So God's wills the world, us and everything in it, and we don't have an existence that's independent, separate or apart. We are part of a ecosystem of the world, so to say, all His light. So if that's the case, I don't feel my sense of independence, my identity. I blend in, I am absorbed within the light of Hashem. So these are the four Madregos, these are the four levels of Bittal. And these are the four levels of feeling Hashem in our life. And every person, each person, each person at every level has to try to climb them according to who we are. And according to our lives. And according to our pekel, our baggage, our lifestyle, our struggles, our challenges, our opportunities, our assets, each of us is positioned differently. Each of us is positioned uniquely. And therefore, each of us have an invitation and an opportunity to connect to God in our own way. He says in the footnote, Revitche Meyer, and each of these levels have levels on top of levels. So let's start at level number one, and here's your homework, my friends. Level one, intellectually. Intellectually. Have we explored? Are we a mavakish? Have we spent the time to look for and to find God? Have we looked around the universe and realized it's not filled with random chance and coincidence? But Ma'alah Ha'aretz kinyanecha. the world is filled with opportunities to make a Kinyan. The world is filled with opportunities to acquire God, to acquire God in the weather, in the nature, in the experiences, in the people, in the goodness, in the blessings that we have, studying biology, chemistry, physics, studying metaphysics, studying, of course, primarily Hashem's Torah, His written diary, the entire world is an invitation to find and to acquire God in our life, intellectually. So let's work on the first level. First level is, Bittol Kabbalah's us first is intellectually to know he's there. Stop living this lie. Stop thinking the world is about you, your happiness, your want, your need. The world revolves around you. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Life is very short, and tragically people leave this world so soon, so unexpectedly. And the longer we continue to live that illusion, the longer we hold on to that farce that the world is about us, our happiness, our needs, our wants, the less our life is. The longer the, the shorter we're actually alive even if we are among the living, but the sooner that we submit and surrender, sooner we recognize that he is here. And the sooner we start to think in that way, explore, be curious, inquisitive, draw those love maps, maps, discover, discover what your mission is. What's your shlichus? Why are you here? Why are you here? Who was it? Mark Twain who said the most important two days in a person's life are the day that you were born and the day that you figure out why. Why were you born? Why is this world better with you in it? Why does this world need you in it? Because if you woke up this morning, if we woke up this morning, Hashem has determined, God has declared that the world needs us. We have something to contribute, we have something to give, we have something to do. God left us in this world, it's because there's work that's yet undone. So what is it? What is it? What difference am I meant to make? Could be a difference to my family. Doesn't have to be something on a large scale could be a difference to my family, could be a difference to my community, could be a difference to my coworkers. And the difference I can make is just living my life to its fullest, trying to make it through the day, being healthy when there are a lot of things that are opposing forces to that health. But we're not here for ourselves. So that first level, that very first level is to realize, I woke up this morning. I have oxygen, I have air in my lungs. I have a heartbeat in my chest. I woke up this morning, Bittl, to submit the Kabbalist ol. God doesn't serve me. I don't wake up and say, God is not fair, why do I this, why am I missing that, and how come I don't have what they have, and how come this and how come that. I wake up and I say, look at all that I have and what do I do with it? What difference am I meant to make with it? What's my mission? Who do I need to call or check in on? How do I need to volunteer? Where do I need to show up? What learning do I need to do? What volunteering do I need to do? What work do I need to do? What improvement or repair to the world do I need to give? It's the Madriga, the first level. And this is our homework. I'm giving you homework. You gotta submit that homework. By next Wednesday morning, eight forty-five a.m., your homework, our homework, I'm on this journey together with you, my friends. Our homework is level number one, Madriga number one. Madriga number one is Bito, the Kabbalah's Old. Not just lip service. You could dab in three times a day, learn the Dafyomi, volunteer for Tom Cheshavas, write lots of tukka checks, but you still haven't accepted that there's a God in the world. You still haven't accepted that there's a God in the world. Yeah, maybe somewhere deep inside yourself, but you're going through external motions. It's a checklist because this is what we were taught. This is how we were raised. This is what we want to want to believe. But take that leap. Make it. Believe. Submit. Surrender. Recognize. Take some time to think, to evaluate, to explore about the evidence of Hashem's existence, about his presence in your life. Find him. Hide and seek. Go on a search. Find Hashem. He's all around us. You won't have to look very far. He's all around us. So that is the first level. Bittel the Kabbalah soul the bittle of intellectually taking that leap, that once we realize He's here, the omnipotent, infinite God, then of course we serve Him, He doesn't serve us. Then of course He is in charge. He says, jump, and we say, how high? So that is the very first level. And when we do, the irony is normally when you submit and surrender, you've given something up. Here, submitting and surrendering, you don't give anything up, you only gain. You gain a relationship with the infinite. You gain immortality. You gain eternity. You gain happiness, serenity, tranquility, you gain satisfaction, you gain purpose. So letting go, letting God, submitting and surrendering is not about giving up. Submitting and surrendering to God is not only about not giving anything up, it's about gaining something, gaining what is the greatest thing that could be a relationship with the Almighty himself. Thank you so much. Until next time, don't forget, first of all, You can sponsor a future class, brsonline.org slash sponsor. Brsonline.org slash sponsor. One convenient place. You can choose a date in the future. Is there a year site? Someone's birthday. Someone getting married. You can choose a date. You could put in the language. You can make the payment. All in one convenient, easy place. And if you'd like to continue to learn together, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to learn Torah together. If you'd like to continue, subscribe on YouTube. You'll be informed in real time every time we go live. You can find classes and articles at RabbiEframGolberg.org or you could download the app and learn with us on a regular basis. Thank you for the honor. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.